You are listening to the Shadow Network with KP Ready, your gateway to innovation in architecture, engineering, construction, and real estate, with a sprinkle of startups that are making a difference in between. Check us out on YouTube at Shadow Partners. Never miss a live stream, fireside chat, or talk that we got going on with the industry's most interesting innovators and leaders every single week. You can connect with KP Ready and other innovators in the AEC and CRE industry in the Shadow Partners community. Go to bit.ly slash Shadow Partners community to learn more today. All it takes is a few clicks for you to make a difference. Welcome to the future. And welcome to the Shadow Network with KP Ready. Welcome to Shadow Shorts. This is where every weekday at noon Eastern, I bring to you a short conversation with an expert, a thought leader, a doer in the realm of innovation for the built environment. My name is Jeff Eccles. I'm a senior advisor and the head of marketing for Shadow Partners. And today I'm joined by Jason Rostar of HED. He's in Chicago. We met uh, just last week as we're recording this, in fact, at Shadow Summit in Atlanta. And uh, I asked Jason if he would come on to Shadow Shorts today so that we could talk about the curiosity that's necessary, not only for professional development, but as we think of innovations, like how, if we're not curious, how do we even get to that point? So Jason, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Looks like you thanks. made it back to Chicago. Okay. Yep. Yep. It's uh, a little chilly, but uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It was a good time in Atlanta last week. And uh Looking forward to chatting today. Absolutely. A little warmer time in Atlanta than you have in Chicago right now. <laughs> yes. But, uh, you know, here we are. Um, so before we went live, you were talking about the curiosity. And we were talking about professional development. And that's that's a great place, I think, to start this conversation. But, but as you look around, and, and I'm, you know, obviously you're going to, I think you're going to talk about this from the perspective of HED, but I, I, tend to believe this is not an HED specific problem, but what you were talking about earlier was um, a bit of lack of curiosity or exploration when it comes to, uh, to professional development. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, you know, I manage the practice, practice technology team at HED and uh, you know, we are responsible for helping set up the technology, the tools, the workflows so that the architects and engineers can do their job to deliver projects to our clients. And one of the things that we're really struggling with is, is how do we get the architects and engineers engaged in learning how to use their tools? Um, you know, our platform uh, that we deliver all our projects with is the Autodesk Revit platform. And, and really how do we get our staff proficient? Um, how do we get them to be engaged with training um, so that they can use their tools effectively. And we really think about it, the Revit platform, BIM 360, all of those uh, connecting pieces as the tools of the trade of today, right? In, in the past, you had the tools like pencil, vellum, pen, ink, et cetera, right? And that's migrated over the years uh, through AutoCAD now into BIM and, and the, the tools all connected to that. And we've really seen this drop of um, staff continuing to hone their craft uh, with the tools. You know, a lot of our, our um, project teams are capable and, and, and able to use the tools, but they kind of stop uh, developing once they get to that um, uh, base level of knowledge. And, and it's really a struggle to see, you know, when, when we introduce new tools, 
uh, when we introduce new workflows? How do we get them curious and interested to not just embrace the change and the continuous improvement, but how do we also get them to think about how can I be more efficient in uh, how I do my work and not just do the same thing that I've done four, five, six projects in a row, um, you know, over and over and over again. But how can we improve it? How can we look for opportunities to be more efficient, more effective, deliver better results for our clients? And that's been a real struggle to get them engaged in that way. That's that's interesting. And I know I know that's an issue out there. And one thing I've wondered about is you know, when I think about the AEC space, which is my background, this is, you know, I'm not, I'm not coming into a space and throwing anybody under, under the bus. Um, but I think, you know, for as progressive as architecture and engineering firms are in terms of design, uh, maybe use of materials, et cetera, I don't think we're that progressive when it comes to uh, using and developing tools. And I, I have often thought, that part of the reason is probably because it's such a deadline driven mm-hmm. um uh field or, or or profession so hey okay you've got this new workflow great uh how's this going to help me get to that deadline faster how's it gonna or, or get the work done uh, ahead of that deadline i guess is is that do you think that's part of the the lack of curiosity or is there is there something else to it yeah, I definitely think that's a huge driving factor from a firm's uh, ability to be profitable and and keep delivering high quality projects, right? Um, we just actually recently did some um, full day offsite training in our offices mm-hmm. across uh, the entire country. And some of the feedback that we got ahead of time, you know, we were asking staff to go offsite for a full six hours you know, take breakfast, take lunch, you know, set aside any meetings that you had, et cetera. And before we started doing that, there was a lot of pushback, you know, can we just do this over a lunch hour? Can we do this virtually? Do we need to be in person? And, you know, the response that we got afterwards has been incredibly positive, right? The Mm -hmm. getting people um, to disconnect for a little bit, to do a full dedicated six hours focused training conversation really was an engaging experience for a lot of people. And so we did, you know, pre training surveys, post training surveys, and, and, you know, it was, it was very positively received. And, you know, I've been with HED for eight years. That's one of the first times that we've ever done something that comprehensive for everybody, right? Like we might do targeted training for an individual here or there, but this was, you know, all of the architects, all the engineers required to be their type of training. And, and it really, uh, in the short time that since we've done some of the offices, it's made a pretty significant impact in how people get engaged, how they reach out, you know, making them aware of what resources are available to help them grow and stuff. So that's been a, a really positive experience. And I think that, you know, that reluctance is directly driven by, you know, project deadlines, like you said, the mm-hmm. milestones. And, you know, quite often what we're seeing is that staff are, you know, hitting a milestone for let's say CDs on a project. And then the next week they're being assigned to another project immediately and jumping right into the middle of it without any time in between to disconnect, to debrief, to do a lessons learned, to investigate what could have been better. And and those are all some of the topics that we're exploring right now as a company um, to see, look, how can we, how can we slow down to go faster? How can we, you know, plan our projects better so that, we can be more successful in the long term as opposed to um, taking shortcuts for the short term success. 
Yeah, I I remember those days. I remember specifically having a a uh, sort of a celebration dinner after the completion mm-hmm. of one project. And uh, oh, by the way, tomorrow we're starting. You know, whatever <laughs> the next one was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty common, I guess, in in the uh, field. So I I know not everybody, right? Innovation is not for everybody. Not everybody is an innovator. Mm-hmm. Do you as as you look out across the staff and, and you have these offsites or, or this offsite, things like that, do you have a way to identify the people that are curious um, yeah. to, to identify the potential for uh, growth and innovation? Yeah. So, so internally within HED, we actually have a couple different processes to try to help with that. Um, we, we do what we call office hours where, uh, members of the practice technology team will be on a Zoom call twice a week, you know, and we just invite anybody to show up and ask questions and get answers to things that maybe they're running into. Um, we also have a, a research and development grant internally that our staff can apply for. So, you know, if, if they see an opportunity to try a new tool or um, to develop a new process or, you know, want to get engaged with our team to to develop something new, there's a there's an avenue so that they can offset maybe some of the hours so it's not having a negative impact on their project right so and we've had some uh really great successes with that effort right where you know we've had some users reach out to us that and say hey this is a problem i'm really struggling with you know here's a tool that i think might help can we explore it and then we'll help them and we'll walk them through the process and and uh we've that's that's had an impact on a number of our really complicated projects lately and so we're trying to continue to push that things from that perspective, you know, to make sure people are aware of these resources that are available, make sure that people um, are engaged, that they know where to go and ask questions if they're running into problems, et cetera. Yeah, I love that. I mean, this so we, you know, at at um Shadow Summit, we had demo day for our incubator uh cohort that had just wrapped up. And um, you know, all these early stage incubators that we run, they always start with a problem, right? Here's mm-hmm. here's a problem that we've identified. And you know, back to your to your original um or to the original theme of this conversation, right? We've got to have that curiosity. Um w- as you look at, at your role at HED and 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 beyond, um, you know. Th- uh, a, a wider view of the profession, I guess, is a better way to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, where where do you see potential for innovation in the um, in the profession coming from? And I guess I'm thinking mainly in technology because we hear so much. We were right. at, at Summit. We heard about AI. We heard about EV and EV infrastructure, and and um, you know lots of other technology type topics. Of course. Uh, several different technology ideas from the demo day, but uh, where do you see the possibilities in the profession? Yeah. So, so, you know, I think when you go to a lot of these types of shadow summits or, you know, Autodesk university or these other conferences like Acadia, there's a lot of really flashy, really impressive, Mm -hmm. cool objects. Right. But one of the things that I'm really focused on is really the foundational elements of the technology. Right. And it's, it's, it's really possible to have like this flash in the pan, really solid success story that you can go to a conference and talk about. Um, but that's typically like a uh, hero type that's going like, to have mm. some idea, right? And, and have an impact on a single project. And, and really what we're trying to do is try to have an impact uh, at the foundational level across the entire firm and across all the users, right? So it's not just a flash in the pan, one successful project, but rather sustained uh, uh, success over long term. 
And, and really, I think that comes down to how do we get um, our staff to really be um, uh, experts at the tools of the trade, right? How do we get them to be experts at the tools that they're using every single day so that they don't need a BIM manager to do the high level things for them, but rather they can do it themselves. And, and that, that then frees up the BIM manager types like the practice technology team to be able to do more innovative things and push the envelope and continue to push and push and push. And, and so that's really what we're focused on right now is how do we upskill everybody across the board? And, and that's been a real struggle because if you look at our industry, if you think of back to, you know, the great recession and, and like even my generation that um, a lot of the people I came in the industry with are no longer in the industry, just purely from a timing perspective, right? Like they, they went to other industries because there wasn't opportunities in architecture and engineering. And so there's this gap, I think, between junior uh, employees and, and more senior employees in terms of mentorship and growth. And there's a struggle where a lot of the more senior staff don't have the technology experience with the tools of today. They know how to put a drawing set together. They're really skilled and, and really knowledgeable about building design and, and, and construction and things. But there's this gap right now. And so you don't have anybody in this middle ground to teach the younger staff how to use the tools, how to level up, how to do the things like you would have done during the hand drafting days of coming in and practicing every single day, your, your, your lettering, your line weights, you know, how, how to hold the pencil and the pen properly. You know, the equivalent of that would be is coming in and learning how to, you know, manipulate the, the, the BIM properly, how to manipulate and, and uh, use Revit more efficiently, how to, um, collect the data from one project and reuse it successfully in another project or, or analyze the data in a way that it helps inform the next project. Right. We don't have those same exercises happening anymore. And, and I think that's been part of our stagnation as a, as a uh, industry is, is we need to really hone those foundational level um, skill sets so that everybody can be proficient in the tools and, and everybody can deliver a project and understand how to get there. I'm always curious when I hear somebody talk about a gap and I, I know exactly what you're talking about, right? We've got generational gaps. Um, we've got a, got a really interesting, and it's not just in the AEC world, but certainly in the AEC world, you've got a really interesting transitional or a generational shift right now. Um, going from, from boomers to X to, to, uh, um, millennials and Z's is is that gap, and maybe that's a gap. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's knowledge transfer. I'm not exactly sure what the what it is that needs to span the gap. But is that gap a, a place that we might see disruption um, in in the profession? Does somebody come in, and I, I mean, I know there was a presentation from our incubator cohort about mm-hmm. about training. But is it something even bigger than that? Where, um, hey, we're we're very very rapidly going from this generation to the next, and there is this gap that you're describing. Mm-hmm. Is is that a place that the profession is ripe for disruption? I definitely think that there's an opportunity there, right? And and I refer to it as tribal knowledge, right? You have all these mm-hmm. uh, professionals that have all this really great knowledge from their years of experience. You know, but it has never, there has not been an opportunity to collect that knowledge, to organize it, to uh, pass that down in, in, a, in, in that uh, sense. And, and I think that's, there's a real risk to a lot of firms right now, including ours, that those people are going to retire. They're going to yep. take all this knowledge with them. 
and and we're gonna be missing out on on how to do some of these things that they were taking care of right so there, there's definitely an opportunity of how can we start to collect that knowledge that experience in a way that can, we can either pass it down or we can categorize it and then we can learn from it before it's too late and we lose uh, these employees that have an insane amount of knowledge and experience yeah yeah I, I think that's I think that's exactly the point right it's I think one of the big differences between uh, well, I don't know if that's a fair way to say it, but you know, you do have that that institutional knowledge of someone that's been in the profession for 20, 30 or more years. Um, and I, I think you're exactly right as you as you identify that gap, it's what's what's driving the gap. Certainly it's age, but I think it is that techno uh technological difference, the mm-hmm. the um um you know, my familiarity versus their familiarity with the different technologies. And I think that becomes a, uh, almost something that, that causes a lost in translation situation. That's yeah. interesting. So we've, you know, the, the, um, I think if I were to sum it up, I guess we've got to be, we've got to start getting curious and figure out how we're going to, uh, handle that knowledge transfer so mm-hmm. that we don't lose it. But then we also, uh, have to depend all the way through, the profession on people, you know, to being accountable for themselves and, and being yeah. curious, um, in exploring, uh, you know, maybe that's maybe what we're talking about on some level is digital transformation, but there's no way we get to inf- into, uh, innovation if we don't, uh, if we're not curious as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it definitely is bo- a both, a both, uh, ways situation, right. Where it's like, we need to figure out how do we capture that, that long-term experience, knowledge and and everything else but then how can we also at the same time um, upskill our staff so they continue to be we, we continue to improve how we deliver projects we continue to look for opportunities to do better to to satisfy our clients um you know of course clients always are looking for faster um sure. cheaper and and better right and and we have to be able to respond to that in a way that um means that we need to constantly think about ourselves and our skills and our, as an individual, not just as our firm. Um, how can we as an individual get better, faster, uh, more effect- efficient with the tools that we use every single day? Yeah. Yeah. That, that needs to be our next conversation that, that, <laughs> that there's going to be that tension, right? Better, faster and fees and, you know, mm-hmm. how, how technology is affecting that. So maybe I'll have Jason back. Um, and we can, we can talk about, uh, about that because I think that's also a place that's uh, yeah. uh it's it's not only ripe for innovation but I think innovation is going to have a a huge impact on on that uh uh client you know ar- architect engineer relationship as well yeah for sure I'd love to have a conversation about that in the future all right we'll do it again we'll schedule another one of these we'll bring you another shadow short this has been jason rostar he is the associate principal and corporate design technology leader at ched again jason and i met last week in atlanta at uh, shadow summit and this has been a fun conversation jason i thank you for uh, coming to talk about curiosity innovation and this this gap this knowledge transfer that we've got to figure out yeah great thanks for having me it's been a great conversation yeah, absolutely. And for all of you that are out there watching or listening, whichever version of Shadow Short you're consuming, I appreciate you. I'll be back again tomorrow with another Shadow Short. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode on the Shadow Network here with KP Ready. As always, remember you can connect with KP and other innovators in the AEC and CRE industry in the Shadow Partners community. 
Go to bit.ly slash shadow partners community to find out more today. Until next time.